going to read one verse, verse 31. This is in the context of the coming of the Son of Man, of the Lord Jesus Christ, and speaking of the sign and of the Son of Man. And it says here in Matthew, and Matthew says, And he, Jesus, will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, one from one end of heaven to the other. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time together to worship you and to give you glory and praise, Lord. We pray that you would, uh, this night, that you would encourage our hearts, hearing your word, thinking about our future, Lord, and where we're headed. And we thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace to us. We pray for those who are away from us, who are listening on the television, Lord, through YouTube. We pray your blessing upon them. Pray that you would be with them as well. We pray that you would uh, use your word, Lord, to enter the hearts of people who have not yet bowed the knee to Christ. So we pray, Lord, you would bless us now, encourage us, we ask, by your Holy Spirit. We need the help of your spirit, Lord, to hear your word tonight. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. First, I want to, I don't get to speak to everyone, I want to wish everyone a merry and blessed Christmas. Um, especially in those who are on the TV who can't be with us for various reasons, especially with respect to the, what's going on in our, in our world. Um, I can remember a time when I would not say Merry Christmas. My theology wouldn't let me. I don't know what theology that was, but it was a theology nonetheless. I was pretty much a Scrooge because I was concerned more about how I did things and what I said rather than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Matter of fact, I just was reminded that I, uh, and I, I'm sure it was also during the, the Christmas time, I wouldn't let my kids watch My Little Pony. That's how bad I was. My Little Pony was too mysterious for my religion. So um, it just shows that God can do great work in people in their, quote, theology and their religion. And as we grow in our faith and we walk with Christ, we learn more and more of his love for us. And not so much uh, what we do because we are children of God, we are sons of God. We no longer deal with our father based upon being a judge. We deal with him based upon being our father. And so it's good that we're gathered here tonight to celebrate the birth of Jesus, and, uh, of which we read in our first scripture reading. The New Testament scriptures are, encourage us to gather together. And it's both by the example of the early church in the book of Acts in the Bible, as well as by commandment in the book of Hebrews, we're commanded to gather together. And this gathering together is to praise God and to give him all the glory, primarily. But it's also to edify and to build up one another in our faith, to exhort and encourage one another in our faith, and to express love to each other, and with both words and both tangible works which express our love. My prayer tonight is that you would be edified and encouraged both in our gathering here tonight and also in our gathering with family and friends in our homes to the extent that we're able to do so during this uh, really most challenging time. The Christmas season is a time of celebration, especially meaningful for us who are in Christ, who have been given new life in Christ. But even for us 
Is it not sometimes our gatherings, even at this time during Christmas, are not totally perfect? They're mixed many times with some sorrow. Perhaps sorrow over the loss of loved ones and even past loved ones, current loved ones, especially even as we get older and we see many of our loved ones uh, pass away. But even the younger ones um, have disappointments. You know, they experience life's disappointments and uh, they don't reach their particular goals or dreams, which is common to all men. But it's even interesting, even some family members make celebrating Christmas difficult, don't they? The reason is, for us at least, is that we want so badly for them to give their lives to Christ, to have the joy of the Lord, to, uh, and year after year, as we try to express our love for them in sharing Christ, they perhaps reject our encouragement to seek the Lord and to receive eternal life in Christ, and it is sometimes very discouraging, uh, especially when they don't want to hear, especially during Christmas time, about why Christ came about the reason for his coming. So while there may be sorrow mixed with our celebration at Christmas, and even more so due to the circumstances that we find ourselves in with the epidemic, my prayer is that we look not to the circumstances tonight as we gather, but to our hope. And it is that certain hope that we have, and the promised hope that we have in Jesus Christ, both now and in the future. We, have, we will have, as our scriptures pointed out, a future gathering with Jesus Christ. We are all made in God's image and we are relational beings because God is a relational being. We are not perfect, we are not holy like our God, so our relationships are not perfect. Even within the church, they're not perfect, are they not? God's relationships, though, are perfect. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are in perfect harmony with each other. And the love that they share amongst the Trinity is perfect. And, at the, and the Christmas message, isn't it not the Christmas message that God so loved the world that he gave his only son as a sacrifice for our sin and Jesus died for those he loves perfectly? If you have been born again spiritually, brethren, into the family of God, you are an adopted child of God. You are an heir of the eternal promise with his beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a co-heir with Jesus Christ to the heavenly kingdom. Jesus is your brother. He is also your Lord. And his promise to you, as we read as he will gather his elect, his promise to you as a chosen saint will be fulfilled and it will be fully accomplished by a grand gathering of all his beloved children when he returns. You see, most of the world, as you know, many including many religious people, Think only of the first coming of Jesus, born to a lowly family, placed in a lowly manger, and visited by only a few interesting friends, the shepherds and the wise men. What a contrast, huh? You have the lowly shepherds come, and then you also have the rich wise men come with their gifts to praise and adore the Lord Jesus Christ. And the world's only hope is a fleeting one, a season of merriment, of lights, of decorations, of gifts. But after the season has passed, their hope rests on the next holiday or the next festive celebration. So it is year after year. But our hope, brethren, our hope is totally different. We have a different hope, a certain hope. 
when the Bible speaks of hope, it doesn't speak of hope as if I hope it's so. The Bible speaks of hope for the Christian as a guaranteed hope, a certain hope. And we can enjoy the merriment of the season, can we not? Because we know that it points to the grand party, the grand wedding feast that awaits all of us because Jesus is our Emmanuel. Jesus is God with us. We are gathered here tonight with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is here, present with us in our gathering in Him. He was born to raise the sons of earth, born to give us a new second birth. As the hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, tells us, He is Jesus, Savior, for He saves His, his people. That's the key phrase. He saves His people from the eternal penalty of their sins. When you sing the hymns about the second birth, I speak to the young people as well. When you sing hymns about the second birth, hark the herald angels sing, speak about the newborn king and the second birth that he will bring. Do you ponder the condition of your own soul? If Jesus was born to save us from our sin and raise us up to him with glory, will you be? The real big question is, will you be with the great gathering? When the trumpet sounds, will you be amongst those who are gathered together in the air with the Lord Jesus Christ? For as sure, as sure as Jesus was born, as sure as he died and rose again, it is just as certain that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And only those who are his Young people, only those who are Jesus' children, who have come to him by faith, only those who receive the second birth by grace, who are born again by the Spirit of God, only those will spend eternity with him. No religion can save. No baptism can save. No deeds can save. Only Jesus can save. And that is why he came. That's why we're here tonight because he came to save us from our sins. No one, Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ, who alone can save. Have you given your life to Christ this evening? This would be a great Christmas season for you if you would come to the Lord Jesus Christ, especially young people, old people. If you would come to Christ this season, and you would be, have that second birth, that he would be born again by the Spirit of God and dwelt with the Spirit of God, rejoicing that God knows you personally and that God has saved you from the penalty of your sins. You see, just as Jesus left the earth after his resurrection on the clouds of heaven, so he will return on those clouds of heaven as well. He lives at the right hand of the Father and in his glorified body. And so he will return in that same body to raise us up in our glorified bodies. But his return will not be in the humble state he came the first time. He came as a servant to die for his people. But his return will be to consummate his kingdom. You see, and you read in the New Testament how even the disciples didn't understand what the kingdom of God was really all about. They thought that he was coming to have a kingdom here on earth. But Jesus came to build a kingdom that would be forever. And that kingdom will be consummated on that day as we read in our scripture reading. 
It will be the first thing Jesus will do when he comes is to gather together all of his people. Every single one who is his, he will gather together with him. It will be a grand event, much grander than tonight, even though tonight's going to be a grand event. We're going to have a nice candlelight service. It'll be a wonderful event. Jesus is with us. But when Jesus comes with, with his angels and sends his angels to gather all of his chosen people with him, to come with him forever, that will be a grand event. There will be no shame like his first coming when he took our shame on the cross and carried our sins away as far as the east is from the west. This second coming was described in our main text. Remember we read that Jesus shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one, one end of heaven to the other. People, some people in, the, in some of the books in, in the Bible, they have already claimed, like in Thessalonica, that, that Jesus had already come. Jesus has not come. When he comes, everyone will know. There'll not be a person on this planet that won't know that Jesus has come. So if you haven't heard it yet, he hasn't come. He's not here. But he will come. That is a certain hope for us. In his first coming, he saved his people only his people from their sins. Many dismiss this fact of salvation in Christ alone. I pray that, you know, as you hear these Christmas messages, you don't dismiss the fact that Jesus came to save by himself alone. But in his second coming, the entire earth will know and understand what's happening. The trumpet of victory will sound, and Jesus will send his host of angels. Maybe it's those same angels that we read in the Christmas story where the shepherds, the angel came and told the shepherds about Jesus' birth. And what happened? A host of heavenly angels began to sing and worship and singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill to men. This peace is ours. This goodwill is ours today. We have peace with God. As a child, adopted child of the king, we have peace with our God. He is no longer our judge. He will come to judge the world, but he is not our judge. We have been justified by faith in Christ alone, by his work alone. And this peace and goodwill will be consummated, brethren, for all of his chosen people. His elect will be gathered from one corner of the earth to the other. None, not one, will be lost, as Jesus said in John chapter 17. Not one of those that the Father gives to him will be able to be taken from his hand. Every one of his elect, every one of his chosen people, every one who has come to faith in Christ will join that grand gathering in the air when Jesus comes. None that have true faith will be left out of the kingdom, while those not in the kingdom, Jesus says, will suffer eternal loss and punishment for their sins because they have no Savior for their sins. From the weakest brethren to the strongest, all will be gathered together. Every tribe and tongue will be represented. And there will be no language barrier, no color barrier, no denominational squabbles about who's right and who's wrong. It will be Jesus Christ and him coming for his people. We will all be like Jesus when he comes. We will be clothed in the humility of Christ. There will be no more pride. 
There'll be no more pride about who we are and what we believe and what we do. It will be all about the humility of Christ. And we will be filled with his love. All who have come and will come to Jesus in repentance and faith will be together as one body in Christ. And it will be a multitude that no man can number. Can you imagine the gathering that will take place when the dead in Christ will rise and those that are living will be raised up together with Christ in the air? All of the millions and millions of believers from generations and generations will be gathered together, all together in one body. Will you be there? Will you be there? That is the main question, because that's the most important question you can answer during this Christmas season. Will you be there when Jesus comes again and gathers all of his people to himself? You can be sure. If you are in Christ, you can be absolutely certain. You will have that certain hope that you will be among those gathered. The Apostle John, the closest friend of Jesus on this earth. Remember, John was the one that Jesus spoke to on the cross and said, Mary, there's your son. Son, there's your mother. It was John whom he loved, the, the apostle whom Jesus loved. This apostle wrote in his first epistle that we can know that we have eternal life. He said, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, not believes that he exists, not believes that he is a historical figure or a prophet, but he who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, has been born of God. You see, it's the name Jesus that we believe into. It's Jesus, our Emmanuel, Jesus, our Savior, Jesus, our Messiah, has been born. Anyone who believes into Christ is born of God. And everyone who is born of God, that second birth that Jesus gives, that we overcome the world. Those who are born of God, John says, overcome the world. How do we overcome the world? We don't overcome them with our military might. We don't overcome by our words. We overcome by our faith, it says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and in his life, his death, and in his resurrection. John says, I write this so that you may know, present tense, that you may know now that you have now eternal life. And if Jesus is in your life now, he will gather you to himself when he returns. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says to those who were born again under his ministry in, in the city of Corinth. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. We all will be changed. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that change. This body needs a big-time change, and to be, to, Jesus will come in that glorified body to raise us up with him together, and we will be glorified. 
Remember the chain in Romans that we have been justified, we have been predestined, we have been chosen, and we are glorified, not yet fully. We will be glorified on that day. You see, this is our final reward. Do you imagine? The Christmas story is about God saving His people by His own grace and mercy, by His own work on our behalf, being a substitute. Jesus was our substitute. It's His own work. He comes and accomplishes everything for us. And what does He do then? He gives us faith. We believe into Him. And then what does He do? He rewards us. God rewards those who diligently seek them. He seek Him. We don't diligently seek Him unless He gives us His grace to do so. He rewards us for what He does for us. It is an amazing thing. So you see, this final reward of all Christ's people, our complete justification, brethren, from all guilt, will be declared. Imagine that. It will be declared to all the people that are gathered that you have been declared not guilty. You have been fully justified. And all the people will hear that you are fully justified. And he will say, welcome into my kingdom. We will be declared to all creation, and we will receive the unfading crown of glory. A crown of glory none of us deserves. A crown of glory none of us did anything to to achieve but a crown of glory that he rewards us with to be with our king, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the kingdom which was prepared before the foundation of the world. This kingdom that you and I will be gathered together with has been prepared for us before the world even began. What a love, what a savior we have who came to this earth to save us and to bring us home with him. How can we not rejoice during the Christmas season in spite of all the challenges that we have, in spite of all the difficulties that we have? And we're we're told repeatedly, are we not, in the scriptures that we don't look at our circumstances, we look to the hope that we have in Christ because that is what we rejoice in. Even then we would be able to rejoice in our circumstances because we have that certain hope which is that anchor for the soul. Have any of you ever been in a boat where you didn't have an anchor? It's a real challenge. If you get an anchor where you need to go, you're never going to get there, and you're never going to stay. But if you have that anchor, and you're anchored in Christ, and you're abiding in Christ by His grace and by your faith and by the Word of God, that is an anchor for our souls. This Christmas season, you should be anchored in your soul in the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Every true child of God will be admitted publicly into the joy of our Lord. What a message in Christmas. What a message we have for the world. A message of hope. A message of certainty. A message of future guarantee of hope and joy in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's why the Bible says, for those who share this hope with others, who preach the Word of God, whether it's from the pulpit or whether it's in conversation, everyone who shares this amazing good news is, the Bible says, how beautiful 
is this good news of glad tidings that God speaks to others from us, from our lips, as we share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that God is speaking to you tonight. As, as a fellow believer, as a Christian, I pray that God is speaking to your heart and sharing with you His amazing love for you individually, that one day He will gather you personally to Himself. And He has guaranteed that with a promise, with an oath, God says. He has promised eternal life to those who are made righteous in Christ. How great, brethren, will this gathering be when Jesus comes? How humbling is it to know that this final reward is a gift to all of us who believe in Christ? It is by grace you have been saved and not of your works, so we cannot boast. How can you boast when you receive a gift? We were given the greatest gift that's ever been given. Young people, children, the gifts that you receive this year under the tree or however you receive them, you should think about the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. You should think about the fact that Jesus came to give you a gift of eternal life with Him forever. I pray that as you receive those gifts, you pray and ask the Lord, if you have not asked Him before, if you have not sought Him, that you would seek Him and you would ask Him to come into your life to save you, to forgive you for your sins, because only Jesus can forgive us for our sins and only Jesus can ransom our part and get our pardon. He is the one who took the wrath of the Father on the cross for you and for me, and so He's the only one that can atone for your sins. So we cannot boast in our great Savior, but we can glory in Him tonight as we are doing. And finally, from the words of the Apostle Paul to those in the city of Thessalonica, I can't even pronounce the word, who came to saving faith in Jesus, all those in the city of Thessalonica, Thessalonica, I got it, who came to saving faith in Jesus in chapter 4, Paul says to them, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive will remain and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Always. That great gathering that will come at the end will be that great gathering where we will all, always, always be with the Lord. You know, the Lord is with us here always, but we're not with Him in His presence. He's present with us, but we're not in His kingdom in heaven with Him yet. But He is with us. He is always with us, but we will be with Him for eternity. And what does the Bible tell us when we hear these words? What does the Bible tell us when we hear about this amazing gathering that will occur at the end of time when Jesus consummates his kingdom. The Bible says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. I pray, brethren, that we would comfort one another with these words, that we all look forward to that future hope that we have in Christ. So, brethren, I pray the Lord's comfort be with you at this time as we look to our Savior, being confident of this very thing, 
that he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion and complete it at that day of Christ Jesus. It will be totally complete. You will be like Jesus Christ. You will not be Jesus Christ. You will be like him in all the fullness that we would love to be more like him now. But because of our sin, we are not as like him as we should. But God is working on each one of us to make us more like him day in and day out. May God give you that hope. May God give you that anchor for your soul as you read the word of God, as you ponder your future and the future of all of us together. If you don't like being together with us tonight, um, then you're not going to be on the day of gathering either. The Bible says if you don't want to be with the people of God, you won't be. You won't be there. So I pray that you love being with the people of God and you love knowing that we're here to worship Jesus together in truth. And if you're not in Christ tonight, I plead with you to seek him today. Seek him tonight. Seek him during this entire Christmas season, day in and day out, and ask him to come. Young people, ask him to come into your life and save you and forgive you. And you will be assured, you also will be assured that you will be gathered on that great and amazing day when Jesus comes and that trumpet sounds. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would be with us, Lord, as we continue to worship you tonight. We pray that you would bring this word to our hearts, that we would share this hope that we have in you with others, regardless of, Lord, whether they accept it or they reject it. Lord, it's your word. It's your hope. And we know that no one comes to the Father but through you. So, Lord, we pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ would go forth this holiday season and that the, the, the baby in the manger would be only a beginning of the Christmas story. And the end of the Christmas story will be forever with you, gathered together with all of your people. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit, for being amongst us, for helping us, Lord. I pray that you would comfort our hearts during this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.